Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Ethicast. I'm your host, Bill Coffin, and with me today is Craig Moss, Executive Vice President of Measurement at Ethisphere. Craig has played an important role in the launch of the Mental Health at Work Index, a first-of-its-kind comprehensive standardized assessment of organizational programs and practices that support workforce mental health. The Mental Health at Work Index was developed jointly by One Mind at Work, Columbia University Mental Health and Work Design Lab, and Ethisphere. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be here, Bill. I'm really excited about talking about the index. So I guess my first question then is, can you talk about the index a little bit? Can you walk us through uh, its development and your involvement with it? Yeah, sure. So what we what we saw in Columbia University had and One Mind at Work had been doing a lot of research on what companies were doing to protect and promote the mental health of their employees. And what they found is that there was a real lack of a way for companies to be able to measure what they were doing. And so Columbia reached out to us at Ethisphere and to me about how could we build something that would let companies measure what they do. And again, if we're looking at mental health more broadly, we, we think about it in terms of protect, promote, and provide services. So across that spectrum, what we did is we started to say, what are the key things that a company would need to do to be able to protect and promote the mental health of employees? How would we build a maturity scale around that? And that's where we came into Ethisphere, because as you know, we build a lot of different maturity scales that help companies to measure and improve how they handle different topics. You know, in the past, we've done it for corruption. We've done it for different ESG topics. We've done it for uh, data privacy. And here is an opportunity to take a really established, effective methodology mm -hmm. and apply it to a new topic. Now, the, the issue of mental health at work strikes me as, first and foremost, perhaps a, a human resources related topic. Uh, so I guess my question is, um, how is this particular project especially relevant to chief ethics and compliance officers? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, if you think about it, if you think about some of the topics that we deal with uh, historically at Ethisphere around uh, corruption, conflict of interest, um, bullying, harassment, all of these ethics and compliance topics really have a mental health component to it. So it's just like turning the glass and looking at it from a different side. So let's say that somebody has a fear of reporting and they're not comfortable reporting on issues that they find from an ethics and compliance standpoint, that really has a mental health impact on that individual because they're seeing behavior taking place in the company and they're not comfortable reporting it. Another way, if you look about it, if, is really if you think about it in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, if people don't feel included, if they don't feel that sense of equity or fairness in the organization, of course, that has a DEIB element, but it also really has a mental health element to it also. So across the board, we found that there's really a strong correlation between the types of things that you would want to do to build up a culture of ethics and compliance and the same things that you would want to do to build up a culture where the organization is protecting and promoting the mental health of their employees. So Craig, how would you characterize the state of workplace mental health today? Where do you see problems and where do you see opportunities? So 
What we found in, in, in working with companies so far, and we've had about 30, 35 companies go through and, and go through the index so far, and we're doing follow-up work with them where we really understand the elements of their program. Beyond the, the self-assessment, we're actually now digging in and doing independent evaluations with them and really helping to put together roadmaps to help companies improve. And not surprisingly, if you look at the three Ps, protect, promote, and provide services, companies are really strongest at the provision of services. And a lot of that is because it's legally mandated. There's certain requirements to have um, programs where mental and physical health benefits are equal and things like that. So companies we're finding are strongest at the provision of services. Where they're weaker is really in the protect and promote. Promotion, they tend to be pretty good at promoting it if it's related to the provision of services. So companies are, and we're working with very large companies at this point, primarily large companies, and we're finding that they are good at communicating about the benefits. But if you start to think about protection, what are they doing in terms of work design? What are they doing in terms of worker involvement in, in looking at jobs, in looking at personal performance incentives. These are all things where companies really could spend a little more time taking a look at it to understand what's effective in protecting the mental health of employees. So it's really been an interesting uh, education across this element. The other thing that we found is that a lot of it is very similar. The things that a company would do to build up an effective mental health at work program Mm -hmm. are very similar to what they would do to build up a culture of compliance or a culture of cybersecurity or a culture of data privacy. It's really do they about strategy. It's about leadership support. It's about um, cascading that down to the manager level. It's all of the things that we talk about at Ethosphere that help to support building up a culture of compliance are very, very similar to what would be what should be used to build up a culture where they're protecting and promoting the mental health of employees. Outstanding. Well, that brings me to my next question, which is that, you know, the benchmarking aspect of the mental health at work index plays to a much larger you know, trend of data-driven insights and program development. So can you talk a little bit more about why is gathering data on workplace mental health so important? It's important for a couple of reasons. So from the very beginning, we designed the index. It's a maturity assessment, and it uses the zero to five maturity scale that we use at Ethosphere for all of our other types of assessments. Mm -hmm. And we looked at 10 categories. And, and if anybody who wants more information, they can go to the website. But as I just mentioned in the previous uh, response, we're looking at the strategy, we're looking at leadership, we're looking at training specific to mental health, we're looking at the worker involvement and work design. We're also looking at what kind of monitoring or measurement takes place. And what we're finding is that companies are really not doing a lot to really measure the results of their mental health program. They are looking at it from a, a benefits uh, benefit access standpoint, but they're not really looking then more broadly to see how this can correlate to improved employee performance or organizational performance. So one of the things that we did from the beginning, which I'm really excited about is we also in the index 
we ask a series of questions that I would call business performance questions. So these are things like voluntary departure from the company, absenteeism, things like that that have a bottom line business impact, days to fill open positions. All of these things that we're starting now to collect data to look at the correlation between the maturity of the mental health program and hopefully improvements in things like voluntary departure rates. So if we can start to build that correlation, that's where we think we're going to be able to help the wellness people, the HR people, the compliance people to really get the attention of the financial people in the company to understand that this is a benefit. The other thing that we're doing here is we very intentionally are not looking at it from a pure productivity standpoint. What we're looking at it is from an employee performance standpoint, and we're defining employee performance as one is productivity, but two is effectiveness, and three is quality. Productivity, effectiveness, and quality are how we're defining broader performance. The other thing that we see a lot is, you know, with now companies are all going through digital transformations. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that's happening in companies is, there's a trend toward team performance metrics. So we're also looking at not only is the individual performance improving, is the organizational performance improving, but we're also specifically looking at team performance improvement because those are the three elements that are really going to start to drive how companies benefit right? Because as we form more teams and we're having more team-based incentives, what happens if the mental health of the people on the team were paying more attention to how that is protected and promoted? Yeah. So I guess my big question for you, Craig, is what is the most important thing you've learned so far uh, in the development of the Mental Health at Work Index? Well, um, there's a couple things. So one, just from a data standpoint, we have clearly learned that that companies, as I mentioned, are better at providing services than they are at protecting or promoting. Um, I've also found that the there's a lot of interest within the HR and wellness community. There's a lot of interest in getting better at this. People are really eager to understand what they can do to get better, how they can start to involve employees. And we've also found that a lot of companies haven't really thought about all that they could be doing. So for example, worker engagement, worker involvement, most of the companies we're dealing with, they all do culture surveys, but they haven't really correlated that into looking specifically at the mental health implications of it. So they have other things that they're measuring, but we wanna help to shine more of a light specifically onto the mental health aspect and then the correlation then to the business performance improvement. That's one thing that's been really interesting. Um, The other thing that has been fascinating to look at is really the link between mental health at work, DEI, and also some of the issues related to ESG, environment, social, and governance. And we see there, there's a lot of correlation too. And specifically, One of the things that's come up pretty clearly is if you look at the S pillar in ESG, 
a lot of people say that fundamentally one of the, the tenets of it is companies should do uh, there should uh, no undue harm should be done to employees. Right, right. That's sort of like a foundational part of like uh, occupational health and safety. But when I talk with people, they've always focused on the physical health. So they understand that we shouldn't be doing anything to provide or to have undue risk to our employees from a physical standpoint. But what about the mental standpoint? Yeah. Right. So that's what we want to start to shine a light on these things, Bill. So with that in mind, Craig, my big question to you is where can people go to learn more? Where, where should they take this from here? Well, we have a website uh, that's for the partnership dedicated to the mental health index and that's mentalhealthindex.org. They could also send me an email. I'd be happy to talk to them about it. Um, and those would be the two key places to go to get more. We're also going to be producing a webinar um, with the team at Columbia and One Mind at Work. We're gonna be doing a webinar for the Bella community uh, in the near future. So for all of you that are part of the uh, Ethosphere's Bella community, uh, look for a webinar coming up probably within the next month or so. Outstanding. Well, Craig, it's a delight speaking with you. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure, Bill, and, and we're really excited about this project. Indeed, indeed. It's really worthy work that you're doing. I'm so glad you're focusing on this because uh, mental health is a, is a topic of vital interest. And I think you're going to help a lot of people with this. So thank you so much for what you're doing there. Uh, I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been The Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethosphere YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Ethosphere. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.